Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Two Toms, One Ash, where we are just about still talking NFL fantasy football. Join us as we review the wildcard round, which in a couple of cases was actually pretty wild. Before we look ahead to this upcoming weekend's divisional round matchups, as always, you can reach us on hello at twotoms1ash.com. Let us know who your Super Bowl picks are. And I'd also be interested to know what part of the off-season people are looking forward to most. Right, that's enough from just me. On we go. So looking back on last weekend's games for the wildcard round, um, some some interesting games and interesting results to say the least. Uh, so let's start off with the probably the most surprising one. So the Jags beating the Chargers. So casting our minds back to last weekend, Scully's predictions of uh, over 45.5 points, which there was a combined 61 points. Trevor Lawrence to throw three touchdowns and he scored, he threw four. Um, and then he predicted that the Jags would have over 400 yards offense combined passing and rushing. Uh, and he got that wrong. Well, wrong, actually. Um, they got 390 yards. Um but all in all, so great result for the Jags and, and definitely an upset, a 31-30 score. Um, Charlie, like, did you did you stay up? Did you watch that one? Did you did you manage to catch it or did you think uh, Chargers have won here? Let's go. Well, no, in fairness, I, I, I had backed the Jags to win as well. Um, I fancied the Jags. They've, um, they've hit a bit of a run of form coming into the playoffs. And I think the Chargers have been a bit ropey. They've they've scraped a few results uh, and relied a little bit too much on Austin Eckler. So, yeah, I was expecting a Jags win, or, or not expecting, but uh, predicting a Jags win. Um, I watched a little bit of it. So I turned it, I turned it off when the Chargers went 17-0 up um, and thought, well, this is clearly a, a dead game. There's no point me uh, be staying up for this uh, and I couldn't have been more wrong because when I woke up I would I could not believe the score uh watch the highlights and uh, and yeah just just a crazy game uh it was literally a tale of two halves the, yeah. um first half 27 to 7 uh and then yeah the Jags then hold the charges to three points in the second half uh, and and come away with a, a walk off field goal win Unbelievable. And, and I don't know if it's, is it terrible of the Jags and Trevor Lawrence throwing four interceptions in, well, not even first half, first quarter, I think it was, wasn't it? But but then to come back from that as well, uh, amazing. I mean, we're looking at some of the Chargers stat lines. Justin Herbert threw for a touchdown, no interceptions. So, so nothing necessarily that he, any big t- turnovers, takeaways that he did. Um I guess, as you mentioned there, Austin Eckler, just 35 rushing yards, but also just eight receiving yards as well. So couldn't get him in the game at all. Uh, Gerald Everett with six catches, 109 yards for the Chargers. If he's the biggest threat, the biggest weapon, um, even with Mike Williams out, uh, there's something going wrong there, I think. But but it is those Jags. I know we called, I think the, the Chargers were probably... Two point favourites, I think. Looking at the the bookies beforehand, looking at the spread, but but what a game from the Jags, and especially to come back from that that kind of uh, 
that kind of deficit in the first half. Um, as you mentioned, Travis Etienne, 109 yards rushing, another great performance. He's got to be another one, surely, that's when we're looking ahead to next season, he's got to be up there. What, first two rounds, Etienne? Possibly, yeah. I, I think, well, for, for me anyway, running backs are a, a scary proposition in terms of fantasy. They can, you can have an Austin Eckler, you could have a Christian McCaffrey, but uh, certainly something I'll be looking at next year is not picking up a, a running back so high, purely based on the, the injury proneness of a Look at the running backs that were taken this year. Uh, early doors, and uh, you've got the odd one that's that's performed well, but apart from that, they they're just not consistent. The injury proneness of them, um, but yeah, people like Travis Etienne, he's, he ain't going to be hanging around long, is he? People are going to be picking him up, whether people that follow that strategy or not, he ain't going to get past the third round. I can't see it happening. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, and Trevor Lawrence seems to have come into his own as well, whether it's working with the new system with Doug Peterson or what. But speaking of, uh, well, so-called system quarterbacks, uh, let's move on to Brock Purdy and the 49ers. So 49ers beating the Seahawks very predictably, but 41 to 23. uh, 49ers went up 10 points in the first quarter and and didn't really look back. I think the the one surprising thing or the one headline from that game is Brock Purdy. Uh, Just 18 completions on 30 attempts, but 332 yards and three touchdowns with no interceptions. He was phenomenal, wasn't he? Like it didn't look like a didn't look like a rookie. It didn't look like it was only probably his tenth game that he was playing, mm. uh, and certainly one that was picked at the last round of the draft. So, so yeah. What about that game? Did you did you catch much of that one? And what do you think to Brock Purdy's performance? Yeah, I did. I, I saw most of that, and and Brock Purdy did what exactly what he needed to do. I think we spoke about him last week. It, the amount of weapons he's got around him, he doesn't need to be making the the worldly throws. Although he did. He did make quite a few uh, big big passes as well. So he's not just simply handing it off to McCaffrey or dumping it off to McCaffrey to make those uh, yards. But because he's got the offense he's got, the fact he's got Debo back, the fact he's got Ayuk uh, and McCaffrey, those sorts of players make that stat line of 332 yards look a little bit deceiving, I think, because a lot of those yards are made yards after the catch. Yeah. Uh, look at look at the there was one play particularly from Debo where he, he picked it up and he ran down the sideline and, and it must have been sort of sixty yards um, and and of that sixty yards I think fifty were yards after the catch so it it is a bit sort of deceiving it maybe makes Purdy look better but hey, he's he can only play with the the weapons he's got and if um, if he plays like that uh, I think yeah they they could. Uh, Give you guys a bit of a run for the for your money, uh, for the uh, for the NFC title. Yeah, really scary proposition. Uh, I guess the defense speaks for itself on some of the stats that they've been putting up all season. Um, but on offense, quite right as you say, and some of it's highlighted on some of the on the review shows that. It is those dump offs. It's the screen passes, but then you've got Ayuk, Debo, whoever it might be, out on the edge, and then the the fullback Juset coming out maybe that they are blocking all the way downfield, picking up those big gains. They're not being lazy. They're not just kind of pretending to block and then seeing what happens. They are really going for it all the way down, um, and just being flexible as well. I think for the Forty ers so McCaffrey great on the on the ground, one hundred nineteen yards, averaging seven point nine yards a carry. 
But in the air, and I, I, I had to, on one of my accumulators, I think it was McCaffrey to score or to, to have over about 30 yards receiving, which I thought was a bit of a no-brainer. But just 17 yards on two catches. Elijah Mitchell even had more than that. So he had 25 yards on two catches. So, again, there's a little bit more flexibility there. Debo came back last week, but then next week you could see Christian McCaffrey scoring a little bit more or certainly been a bit more effective in the in the passing game as well. So The big so, thing um, that stood fairly... out for me with, with Purdy, sorry, mate, the, the big thing that stood out for me was the the variety of receivers he was using. He wasn't just sticking to Debo and McCaffrey. You've got Yushek uh, with a catch. You've got uh, Juan Jennings with... Uh, two catches, Ayuk with three. He, he was spreading it out. He wasn't just sticking to to uh, to the big names. Obviously, Debo had the the highest number of catches, uh, 133 yards with it with the touchdown as well. But because he was spreading it out, it, uh, the guy just yeah, he he, uh, he certainly doesn't look like the uh, mystery relevant title uh, that he's that he. I think he's a bit harsh, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, he, he certainly looks good uh, for them going forward. And it'll yeah. be interesting what they do next year in terms of uh, quarterback. If Lance is... Because I would imagine Lance will be fit by next year. Uh, where did he go? Because um, Garoppolo wasn't really on the cards, was he, until Lance, uh, Lance got injured. So, do they keep Purdy and drop... Garoppolo and have Purdy as a backup. I can see that happening. Yeah, I was I was just thinking of that. I've even kind of some sort of fantasy link, but until anything's written definite and they've released one or two of them, even that you're not picking any up. I wouldn't have thought next year, but but yeah, I mean the outcome for me almost. You think Jimmy, if they can, I don't know the the kind of figures behind it, the contracts and the values and whatnot, but. You'd have thought Jimmy's kind of a good old head, but a, probably a similar type quarterback to Purdy. If the offense wants to stay the same and have the same sort of system, whereas Lance is a bit more Justin Fields, isn't he? He's a, so whether if he goes down and then Garoppolo comes up again, I know he did well this season, but then you, you're changing some of the offense slightly. So it's not quite the same. Um, and I'd have thought Trey Lance, they still have some value, maybe not the... What he, what they picked up for him, or what they traded out for him for those picks, but but some value. Um, so yeah, so we'll, we'll see how they end up and see where they finish up before there's any sort of fantasy value on any of those quarter packs. But um, but yeah, what was in the end a predictable win for the 49ers could have been an upset, but um, but not quite at the weekend. Uh, next one, let's have a look. Let's have a look at Bills Dolphins. Um, so closer than it should have been again at the end, but Bills went off on a fourteen nil first quarter lead before the Dolphins brought it back a fair bit before half time. Uh, Josh Allen, so three touchdowns, but two interceptions again. And I know we've spoken about it a little bit before, and and the Bills are the Bills, like we we, we really are clutching at straws. But Josh Allen, it feels like he's had a couple of games. That Vikings one in particular, where he's he has got a bit gunslinger. He's got a bit, whether it is the Brett Favre-esque or tried to force it a few times. And, and there's been one or two turnovers that he's either got lucky or got fortunate or or he's, he's managed to get the ball back with a couple of minutes left and, and then gone down and win the game. But by far not his best performance. Um, what did you make of this game? 
a lot, like you said, a lot closer than we expected. I thought uh, exactly that about Josh Allen. It felt very nervous. There was, because it was expected that they were just going to railroad the Dolphins, the fact that they got the third string quarterback in, um, who who didn't have a bad game, to be honest. Um, and it, for me, just, just to go on to the Dolphins, touch on the Dolphins for a sec, the, going forwards, I think it's a big positive, the fact that they managed to, to score like they did uh, with the third-string quarterback. Uh, in terms of fantasy next year, people like Hill, Waddle, um, and whoever. I think the only question mark would be around the quarterback is Tua. Tua's apparently going to be coming back, but uh, as James in our uh, groups labelled him Glasshead, um, he, he can't seem to uh, to stay fit. So, yeah, who's who's going to be at quarterback? That's That could potentially be a bit of an unknown. But in terms of their offense, Waddle, Hill, uh, are must-haves. And, and also for, for the uh, rushing, I mean, they didn't have uh, Mostert in. And mm. uh, it was uh, Jeff Wilson, who didn't particularly rush a lot, but he got that rushing touchdown. Uh, but back to the Bills... Yeah, it just felt when when the Dolphins were, were getting back into it and uh, at one point they'd, they'd taken the lead, it was very, very nervy uh, from Josh Allen. And it felt like it was on a bit of a knife edge. Uh, if he'd have thrown another interception at that point, potentially that was the, the season done for the Bills uh, and going into it with so much expectation. And... Last year, I think that the Josh Allen of this year, in terms of fantasy, and the Josh Allen of last year, although let's face, he, he's still potentially a league winner, um, he hasn't been as far in terms of him being the number one overall. Uh, he hasn't been particularly like the standout quarterback. I mean, he's number two to Pat Mahomes. Um, who by, by 30-odd points. So he's not got that uh, sort of must-have about him that he had last year. Um, if you didn't have Josh Allen last year, potentially you were, you were hindered, whereas this year it's been a bit more spread out. Um, so, yeah, it's just it, it just felt a bit nervy, and I felt like it's been that way for Josh Allen this year. He's not been that dominant force. Uh, that he has been previously, but on the same hand, they are the Bills. They've still got Josh Allen is one of the best quarterbacks in the league uh, with what he can do. I mean, th- there was a couple of times where they were third and long and the guy just mows through people, doesn't he, uh, and picks up those yards. But with people like Diggs and Davis, who who were on the game, both of them over 100 yards receiving, Um yeah, they're, they're very dangerous on offense, aren't they? They've, they've got weapons everywhere. Yeah, whoever they're coming up against, um, they're going to have a battle. They're going to have a challenge. And and like you said, Josh Allen, he's still he's still got that. He can run around, can't he? He can still, if you do cover those receivers, which are decent receivers, and even Dawson Knox, really, he's kind of playing his best football the last few weeks, especially. Um, they've got weapons all over. Uh, a similar conundrum to some other teams really still in the playoffs whether it is James Cook that's becoming better and more effective Singletary 
uh, or Hines, I guess, on occasion, kind of at running back. There's a few different options there as well, should they need to pass it off. And, and we saw what Hines did last week uh, for some of the kick returns. So if they can try and get it get it him on some sort of screen passes out of the backfield, then, then I'm sure he can make a few people miss. Uh, next game, let's have a look. Let's let's go to the Bengals against the Ravens. So Bengals Ravens, um, fairly comfortable twenty four seventeen win for the Bengals in the end. I think before kickoff it was shifting between a uh, probably a ten point five and an eight point five spread in favour of the Bengals. I think that was dependent on what was happening at Ravens quarterback, whether it was well, whether it was second string or third string that they started so it turned out it was the second string it was Tyler Huntley um, but the game itself I'd probably say one of the quietest games or, or um, what less less important if you like or less interesting games but, but yeah Bengals out to a lead albeit Ravens came back and were winning at half time 10 to 9 uh, but then the Bengals managed to find a way at the end it feels like the Bengals have probably got some of that experience from going to the Super Bowl last season uh, even with a banged-up offensive line, which looks like they're probably the same thing again. Uh, so what took them to the Super Bowl last time, I think there's going to need a, a phenomenal effort if they get back there with that same sort of setup. Um, but yeah, what about this one? Did you did you catch much of this one or even anything to pull out from this game? No, I, d- I, didn't, I didn't watch this one. It wasn't one that was particular. I've seen the highlights, but one that I sort of expected the Bengals to win... I don't think the Bengals have been as good, as exciting as they were last year. It was all very new last year with uh, with Chase and uh, T Higgins. The, it was all very exciting. Whereas this year, I think they've it's been a bit meh. Um, yeah, they've won they've won the division uh, tw- with twelve and four, but J- Chase Higgins will have scored you points in terms of fantasy, and I, and I, I'm sure they will do the same going forward next year. Um, but it's like superstars like Joe Mixon, who I know you you had this year. He's it's been a bit of a hit and miss year. I think his stats overall, uh, in terms of how good he's been at, at running back, was sort of skewed by by uh, that one big game that he had. And I think he finished sort of t- around tenth or, or around that figure anyway. Uh, in terms of what he'd done this season, and and he had a similar game: eleven attempts rushing, uh, and only thirty nine yards, no touchdowns, and and it's been sort of that way for him all all year. I know the Ravens have have a decent on defense, but you would expect more from Mixon in terms of rushing. Um, so I'm not sure whether he will go as as high as he did this year. Um, looking at next year's draft. I mean, Joe Burrow's Joe Burrow, um, 200-odd yards, 23 completions and a touchdown. It's, it's not a, it's not a, an amazing game, but it, it's it, he's getting the job done. And they, they come away with a win, and, and that's all they, they're bothered about. Um, in terms of the Ravens, that's not a team I really want to be touching uh, next year. With the the unknown around Lamar, um, obviously they they had Huntley in the third string quarterback again, but what a difference it, it, it is! We were talking about Brock Purdy being the third string quarterback, 
Tyler Huntley. He, he hasn't got the weapons. He hasn't got the the uh, the strength around him to to help him out. It, I mean, it, it, Mark Andrews has had a bit of an off year f- for him. Um, he was their highest uh, receiver in terms of yards and catches, um, which you would expect. But apart from that, there's there's not really anything. Um, so yeah, j- it's just a, a team that I think you. Well, certainly, I, I would want to be avoiding in terms of fantasy for next year. Um, just they, they don't look like there's anything special there. Like there's anything that's gonna score you anything huge. And 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 uh, yeah, the the game was just a bit meh. I think that's the best way to describe it. Yeah, then that's probably the Ravens all over, really, isn't it? The Bengals, I guess, could be exciting, but the Ravens. Yeah, for what for everybody that they've got, I mean, I I'm not sure without looking, I could name two receivers as you mentioned, Mark Andrews kind of season at running back. They've had Gus Edwards dip in and out and do all right. Uh, they had J.K. Dobbins, Drake. I think they picked up um, in the off season, so it's not. It, it, yeah, it'd be interesting, and I don't know even, even what direction they're going. And I guess they've snuck into the playoffs, which well done for Harbour, well done for the. The kind of GM, if you like, but what's what's the plan? They traded away Marquise Brown at the start of the season. They're debating on whether to pay Lamar Jackson or not. I mean, if they don't pay him and they let him go, like you've got nothing. You're going to get possibly a rookie quarterback or it's one of these free agents floating around. You're the dead, whole dead team, cars maybe, but yeah, the whole team's strange. built around him, isn't they? So if you don't pay him, you, you've you've got not. You're going to have to rebuild from the start yeah. because the whole thing runs around Lamar Jackson. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. The mayor with him or without, whether he didn't play this weekend, but but yeah, you'll take him out of it, and you'll, whatever's worse than that, that's what they are. Um, but yeah, but well done to the Bengals, and it just goes to show, I guess, that they they can find a way, they can make it work even without an offensive line. But just imagine if they had the offensive line that the Forty Nineers have got or that the Eagles have got, Burrow had a bit more time, or Mixon, or even P Ryan, who's done well in in fits and starts this season. If they could get behind some of those blockers, then um, then yeah, it'd be a totally different, totally different offense. As good as they are without much, then uh, then yeah, even better with. Uh, so next game, uh, Vikings against the Giants. So the Giants won 31-24 in the end, and and we did predict this. We did say we think that the Giants will probably win. Uh, so whether that was based on some sort of hate for the Vikings or, or some sort of loving for Daniel Jones. I'm not entirely sure, but but Dable, again, has got it done. And and I know that we said that we predicted this, but a Giants team with, again, if someone was to just dip in and out of the NFL every now and again, you could probably name one player. Maybe you'd strike struggle to name two, three Giants players at all. But they've beaten a team of Justin Jefferson's, Kirk Cousins, Thielen, Hawkinson, Cook. They've beaten this team, this offense, um, who finished the season what thirteen and five. So, so amazing for the Giants. And what about this one? I, I know we we predicted it, but still must be must be impressed with the Giants' performance. Yeah, unbelievable. Daniel Jones. I know we spoke about him a few times with uh, with him. Leading Scully to the uh, to our Super Bowl, but yeah, twenty four completions for him, three hundred yards passing, uh, two touchdowns, and then uh, 
on the ground as well. 17 attempts. I mean, he's t- <laughs> I think he thinks he's, he's like a Jalen Hurts as well. He's got the arm and he, he's, let's face it, he's a decent runner. He was the highest rusher for, for the Giants and they've got Saquon Barkley. Um, so yeah, he's, he's doing it all. The, the guy wants to carry him in, in every way possible. But like you said about the, the rest of the team, they've got, I mean, Isaiah Hodgins got him 105 yards. Darius Slayton, um, Daniel Bellinger. I mean, they're not they're not big names. Um, it just feels like, whereas you, you you have your teams with your your absolute superstars, like the Vikings, um, mm. but they're not particularly working that well as a team. And I do think a lot of that came down to the defense because off- offensively they weren't atrocious. Um, but just that defense, the, the, like I've said previously, they, they're awful. The, the Vikings defense is absolutely awful. They couldn't keep the Giants off the field and they couldn't stop them scoring. And, it, and that's what it came down to. Um, because you've still got, for, for the, the Vikings, like you said, TJ Hawkinson, 10 receptions, 129 yards. Uh, Adam Thielen, 50 yards. I mean, the big surprise, Justin Jefferson only getting uh, 47 yards, so not even hitting 50 yards is, is probably the anomaly in that. You would have expected him to, to break 100, um, especially with seven catches as well. Um, he, he's, he tends to be the go-to, so you would have expected more more from him in terms of that. But, uh, yeah, just well done to the Giants. They, they, they just look like a team. Uh, the whole thing looks like... It, it, they're all striving to, to, to do well together. And, and it just shows if you've got that sort of mentality, how far that can take you. Um, we'll see where, where it gets them and if it can get them any further. Maybe, maybe that's working in their favour. And we certainly don't profess to be any sort of experts. But I could imagine that whoever's playing the Giants might look at the Giants' videos from the previous week. And I'm sure they can pick a fair bit out. But they're not going to know where it's going again like the Vikings they know that they could well you might as well double team Justin Jefferson like that's that's where he's going to be trying aiming to try and shut him down but apart from maybe Barkley like what else are you going to do there's these receivers that are just kind of stepping up or the types of plays that they're doing even when they played uh, at Wembley they had pretty much nothing they were doing a few trick plays like on each drive just to try and make things work and just find the ways to win um, which is what they're doing and as you said, really, Daniel Jones in his, well, he's, he's, I think it's his last season and then becomes a free agent or could become a free agent in the off-season. He's not the superstar. He's not the franchise quarterback that maybe the Giants, I mean, not maybe, maybe a bad example, Eli Manning wasn't quite the charismatic quarterback when he was there at the Giants, but he's not the kind of New York, Broadway superstar quarterback, but he's more than, more than getting it done. And, and as you said, 78 yards rushing, which is more than Barclay and more than Dalvin Cook as well. So, so yeah, good on him uh, and well done to the Giants. Uh, and then lastly, then, we'll come on to the, the final game. So the Monday night game, the Buccaneers against the Cowboys. Now, when you made your predictions, they were, they were bold predictions. Um, but in fairness, I think they almost surprised 
themselves, I guess, maybe by a by a surprisingly good performance from Dak Prescott, who who was impressive, um, as much as it pains me to say. Um, four touchdowns and no interceptions is is incredible for someone who's thrown the most interceptions all season, despite not playing every single game. Um, and this one just looked it looked as if the Buccaneers were old. Dare I say, Brady looked a little old, a little frustrated, but the Cowboys. Had a had a win to nil at half time, uh, and then just managed to just keep the pace for the second half and get it across the line. Um, thoughts on Cowboys and and Brady? Yeah, I I, uh, I did go bold uh, with the predictions, but the fact I was I was saying they they were going to each throw an interception, Brady purely based on the fact it it was the. Uh, Cowboys defense, who uh, have got to be up there with one of the highest scoring defenses um, this year in terms of interceptions, um, and then the fact that Dak was throwing the other way, uh, and the guy hasn't been able to keep the ball out of uh, opposition defenses' hands. So, yeah, I was surprised at the game that Dak had: um, twenty-five completions, uh, three hundred and five yards, and four touchdowns. Um, which is a pretty much a perfect, uh, perfect display from a quarterback. You can't ask for much more, really, um, than that. And and they didn't need to. Uh, although the uh, double hitting Pollard and Elliott, uh, they did share the load. One uh, Pollard fifteen carries, Elliott thirteen. Um, they were they didn't need them because of how good Dak was, um, and I think they've they've maybe relied on them too when Dak's not quite been on it just to get them over the line. Um, but yeah, Dalton Schultz two touchdowns, uh, ninety five yards. I mean he's got to be up there now with the the highest target tight ends for next year. He's got to be. Obviously, you've got you've got Travis Kelsey, who is decades above everybody else. Um, but after that, the the uh, the tight end pool is is narrowing. The fact that Andrews hasn't quite been on it this year, and the uncertainty around who they're going to have next year. Dalton Schultz has surely got to be up there as as uh, your next one, your next favorite. I mean, he, he's there. He's He's got to be one of their highest target in the red zone for, for the amount of touchdowns he's got. Two two this week. Um, one for CD Lamb. Uh, and then Gallup comes away with a, a touchdown as well. Um, but they just look, they looked very good against the Bucks. And uh, yeah, the analogy around the Bucks being tired, I think couldn't be more accurate. Um, it was, it, it felt like Brady of old would have managed to find a way to bring them back. Like even at half time, when uh, when I was watching the highlights and and they were down eighteen uh, nil, I thought it's Brady on the other side. Like they, they can still do this. He, he's done it that many times. I I wasn't discounting it. Um, but yeah, the, he just looked. It, the whole team looked tired. The whole um matchup between Mike Evans and Brady hasn't been there all season. Uh, they managed to get it in one game 
Uh, and I thought, to be honest, that they might bring it on uh, this week. I did back the Bucks to, to win, but I think that was a combination of uh, hoping that the Cowboys would, would just disintegrate with their own uh, and sort of bring themselves down. But yeah, in terms of the receivers, I mean, look at the, look at them. They've got Julio Jones, Mike Evans, uh, Russell Gage. They're, they're all experienced receivers. Um, but they they did look like they'd been doing it a while. They looked tired, and um, if Brady's there next year or not, I'm not sure that the wide the uh, the receivers, especially for the books, will be going quite maybe as high as they did this year uh, in terms of draft. Yeah, I'd agree on that one as well, and. Depending on who they do get in, if they do trade for, the, the, I don't know, some splash trade and it is someone maybe even even like a Garoppolo that we've mentioned or, or someone else out there that is a, more of a passing quarterback, then potentially maybe gives those receivers that are still young enough, your Godwins, your Mike Evans, young enough especially that can give them a new lease of life um, and get them back up there for fantasy. Um, Rashard White, probably the one shining light for the Bucks, who's emerged as a rookie running back, um, which is, by the way, like an absolute plethora of rookie running backs coming through. Similar receiver, like so many rookie wide receivers, or even in the second or third year receiver. Um, Kay Dotton, the rookie tight end, seems to have emerged a little bit for the Bucks, but absolutely, Dalton Schultz, when he's been on the field, he's been right up there as the number one receiver for the for the Cowboys right up there with C.D. Lamb um, the others that the Cowboys have got at the start of the season looked like Gallup especially had some sort of potential uh, and looked good but but no Dalton Schultz looks like a, a favourite of Prescott should he manage to keep this form and then take it into next season uh, just a, just another point to pick out that well it's some, some sort of space jam going off but and again that Dak Prescott plays impressive football their, their kicker misses four extra points which I'm pretty sure having only ever kicked an NFL ball off some horrible Sunday league football pitch I reckon we could score at least two out of four so uh, so yeah for this professional calls himself a kicker you can't drop a kicker having made it through to the divisional round can you but <laughs> that's crazy as a professional kicker Crosby's. As a professional kicker in the NFL, you should not miss any field goal or extra point under forty yards. If you are, if you cannot put that ball through those posts under forty yards, you should not be anywhere near that sport. Like that is the single. It, it's so repetitive, uh, unlike uh, like Tucker calls himself. Like it, it's it's purely just a process. Um, you go through every time. I don't care about the wind. I don't care about that nonsense. Like you've got to make those kicks. A hundred percent. I could have kicked some of those. I, I I know I could. Even with the pressure, the pressure of it all. Put me in there. Get get. Uh, I might get a call into Jerry and say, "Listen, kid. I used to play football. I can kick a ball. Not not your football. I, I used to play English soccer." And I can kick your ball. Give me, give me a chance. Give, give me a bit of dollar, and I'll, I'll stick them through the post for you. 
Well, in the words of Kevin Keegan, I would love it. I would love it if Cowboys lost next game by one point for some missed extra point. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> So let's now look ahead to this weekend's games, the divisional round, and uh, well, let's go around in order. So, Chiefs, Jags, Scully, um, what do you reckon about this one? Is this another game that Dougie P can mastermind and get another win uh, in a must-win game? Or Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, are they just going to be too smart, too clever for their first game in the playoffs this season and, uh, and take that win? What are you saying? Could be just one one step too far for them. I mean, been really impressed with the back end of the season. I think they were three and six, weren't they, at one point, the Jags. And now, um, and obviously they finished, what, nine and eight and won, won the division. And uh, last week, it was a game, of, a game of two halves. I mean, proper Jekyll and Hyde performance from, uh, from Lawrence. Um, they just can't do that this week. I don't think you can get that far behind against Patrick Mahomes and and the Chiefs and everything that they've got and, and think you can come back. Because that's what it's been this season. It's been a comeback season for the Jags. And um, they can't afford to do that this, this week. Lawrence has to start well. Um, they need to start well. But uh, for me, I think it's going to be um, probably one one step too far. But still, getting to this point in the season has been such a huge achievement for them. They've been they've been great to watch. They've took strides from last season, uh, especially under uh, Pearson. So, yeah, for me, Chiefs will be too strong, and um, they've they've had the they've had the bye week as well, haven't they? So uh, they've had a lot of time to prepare, a lot of time to rest. They're one of the best teams in, in the league for a reason. So, um, yeah, unfortunately, I think as much as I'd want the Jags to win, I think it's uh, probably the end of the road this week for them. Yeah, same here. It feels like it's 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 not about this season necessarily for the Jags, is it? They've, they've snuck into the playoffs, deservedly so, and playing really well towards the end of the season, like you said. Whatever they were, 27, well, 27 nil down, but then 27-7, I think it was, at half-time last week, wasn't it? So it'd be interesting to see what Peterson said at half time to them, whether it was a case of look, they scored twenty seven points in the first half, we can do the same, nothing to lose. This is probably our last what, last forty minutes of football this season. Let's go and and, and see what we can do. Whether that's the same thing again, a case of look, this isn't the season for us, next season is, let's build on it. It's a bit of a free hit against the Chiefs. Just learn from it, get the experience in. Something along those lines, but but yeah, the, the Chiefs aren't the Chargers, are they? It seems like this this probably is a step too far for the Jags as well as they've done. Exactly, and I think uh, I think one thing though, if if this is the end of the road for them, what they have done is they'll have raised the profile even more in the UK because yeah. they are what, London's team, right? They they play at Wembley every season. So they've done that no harm because this season they weren't doing very well. They were against the Broncos. It was one of them games where you were thinking, oh, why is this the one to come to London? Tickets were still available. I think you can guarantee next season that's not going to be the case. Yeah, obviously none of neither of us are Jags fans and majority of the UK really are probably not Jags fans. So the fact that they are that home team... And if they're towards the bottom of the league, top of the draft order, 
it's not overly exciting apart from against maybe who they're playing against those games but it's, that's not the case from next season and not for the foreseeable um, just touching on the Chiefs a little bit um, and for fantasy, fantasy football next season really You've got your obvious Mahomes, Kelsey. Is there anyone else on that offence that's worth drafting high or anyone else that you're fancying for next season on the Chiefs? I like the guy that they got from the Giants, the the wide receiver. What's what's his name? Tony. Kadarius Tony. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to call him Ivan Tony then, but that's the, <laughs> uh, the, the guy from wrong Brentford, sport. isn't it? Yeah, wrong sport. But um, no, I like him. I think he's good. Obviously, we listen to uh, the New Heights podcast and um, Travis Kelsey raves about him, doesn't he? So, I think he's uh, I think he's excellent and uh, could be one to one to watch next year. Could be the one that actually fills the gap that uh, Tyreek Hill left. So, uh, yeah, he's the one for me, outside of the obvious ones, which are well, Kelsey and Mahomes. The, what a what a duo those two continue to be. Yeah, I think so. Who are the others? So the other receivers, Juju did okay in bits. MVS again had the odd game. Um, Pacheco, the rookie running back, did well. I mean, McKinnick did very well. Whether that's con- consistency and the type of play that he takes into next year, see what they do with Edward Solaire. But yeah, Pacheco seems to be the one that, being a rookie, at least he's going to stick around um, for for next season and see what he does. But on a Chiefs offense, it's never really going to be the the running back that's going to make many headlines. All right, good stuff. So let's move over to the next game, which is the which is the one o'clock kickoff on Sunday morning for us in the UK, uh, and it's Eagles against the Giants. Um, I'm not quite sure how I feel about this one as an Eagles fan. I feel like based on the last two games, so we played each other at the start of December uh, and Eagles won 48-22 when everyone was playing, all the starters were playing. Um, the last game of the season, uh, Eagles won again 22-16, which, which didn't turn out to be, but was a must-win game initially for the Eagles, but the Giants rested all their players. So, so difficult to tell from that game um, and even just some of, some of the momentum and some of the plays as we mentioned earlier on really from the Giants they've just found a way to get it done um, so it does make me a little bit nervous however I think if the Eagles play 80% as good as they can do I think we should be alright um, but yeah but but still the Giants are, are on a bit of a roll and it's a shame that they're coming up against each other this weekend because otherwise I, I definitely would be rooting for the Giants uh, against any other team really in the NFC for sure Scully any predictions thoughts on this game Really looking forward to this one. Obviously, you being an Eagles fan, kind of have a little bit of a soft spot for him for for that reason. But um, really, really bought into the Giants this year. Obviously, I've seen them twice live. One in uh, in MetLife in in New Jersey, and the other one at, at Tottenham Hotspur, where where they won against the Packers. Um, I know we keep talking about it. We met Daniel Jones, so got a massive soft spot for him since since then. Ordered his shirt, etc. So um, going to be going against you this week. Going to be fully behind the Giants. Um, really like them. Really like what uh, Dable's done. Really like the the culture and the ethos that he seems to have instilled into into the side. Daniel Jones has come on leaps and bounds this season. He's unbelievable some of the performances, how he's he's led that team. Um, Saquon Barkley, 
it was always one of them in fantasy, especially, weren't it, that you were a little bit sceptical whether you should draft him because of his injury concerns. But this season he's been unbelievable again. So um, I think for me, I, I'm going to be supporting the Giants here. And um, I'm going to go with my heart in terms of the prediction as well. And I'm going to predict that the uh, the Giants in a close game uh, beat the Eagles. Well, understandable, but naturally, I hope that you're, you're wrong. Um, <laughs> of course. <laughs> some of the stats that, I, that I've looked at beforehand. So Daniel Jones, he only rushed for four times in the first time that the Eagles played the Giants this season. So he only rushed for four times, and that's his second lowest amount of rushing attempts this season. Uh, but he did score a touchdown. Um, but yeah, I guess you compare that, if that's still going to be the case compared to last weekend's game, the Eagles should hopefully be able to contain him. Um, and then as we know, as much as he's getting better and the receivers are getting better and healthy for the Giants, if the Eagles can contain them a little bit as well, uh, we should be able to get over the line. And with that bye week, hopefully that's worked in our favour as well. So Hurts coming back to full fitness, Lane Johnson's finding a way to play, um, and then we've been able to scout the well, the Giants, the Cowboys, and the Seahawks from last weekend, depending on who it was that we we're going to end up playing, but all ready and all set for this game against the Giants. Um, okay, so next game, let's have a look. So, so the first game on Sunday night, um, so Bills against the Bengals. So no doubt a very, very emotional game for both teams, but predominantly for the Bills and also playing at home. Um, yeah, what, what are you thinking around this one? I'm not sure what the spread is, but I can imagine the Bills are, are slight favourites. I'm not sure how heavy, but I can imagine they are slight favourites. Do you agree with that? Not sure, honestly. I think uh, the Bengals are going to be too strong for them. I've not really been that impressed with with the Bills. They seem to be seem to be there because they're the Bills. If that makes sense, they they should be there. You know what I mean? They should be this good. But in reality, when you've looked at the games and you've looked at some of the performances, that they're, they're not. I mean, they, Josh Allen. I'm not. I'm not going to get on his back about the amount of interceptions he's thrown this year. It's because everything's on his back in that team. He hasn't got the weapons that Sergio Burrow's got. He's not got the the running game that that the Bengals have got. Everything is on Josh Allen, and I think sometimes he makes a bit. He makes a few wrong decisions. Um, but that's because he's he needs to do everything himself. Sometimes you take away digs, and then what what really has he got? So uh, I think the how good the Bengals are, and how and the potential that the Bengals have got to be to be great. They started off of the season not not that well. They there was a lot of new pieces in in the team that uh, needed to click. Once they started clicking, they've been sensational in my opinion. So um, I think the Bengals could run away with this one, and I, I don't think it'll be close. Yeah, so I said, I do think it'll be very close, but I think there's there's a lot of factors in there. And as you said, really, if the Bengals can shut down one or two key players or a few scenarios, then they've got a real big chance. Um, I guess you look back on the last couple of seasons and what the Bills have lacked. They added this season. They added in Von Miller, who's now injured. So if Von Miller was going up against... Um, a depleted Bengals offensive line uh, that might be all it takes just one or two sacks from him 
And that's it. That's that's changing the game. That's getting them off the field on third down in the third, fourth quarter, whatever it might need. Um, and I guess Burrow is a similar style to Allen in the fact that not that he puts it all in his back because they have got they have got Mixon, they've got Higgins, Chase, Boyd, but he is that type of cool quarterback who just he'll find a way to get it done. He's you see some of his interviews and admittedly they lost in the Super Bowl last year, but find a way to get it done, get it over the line. So, yeah, so I think this will be a huge game. And as I mentioned, maybe that, that emotional impact as well, I guess that could go both ways, can't it? Whether that kind of spurs on the Bills, knowing that Hamlin's watching and what happened last time that they met, uh, then it was obviously ultimately cancelled, or whether that takes over them and, and maybe even just lose a bit of focus, which Alan has been known to do at points throughout this season as well. So, so yeah, so really interesting game this one, I think, and and could even be the matchup of the weekend. Um, admittedly, you could you could give an argument for that for all four games. Okay, so the last one of the weekend. Uh, so late on on Sunday evening, so 49ers against the Cowboys. Which Cowboys is it that's going to turn up? Is it the ones that beat the Bucks convincingly last weekend, or is it the ones with Dak Prescott that's going to sc- throw two, three? Four plus interceptions. Um, which one's it going to be? What are you saying? Well, we saw a completely different uh, Cowboys side than we've seen for the last few weeks, didn't we? Last week, so for their sake, um, I hope, and and for the sake of this game, I hope that same team that turns up at the, that turned up against the Bucks because the the 49ers are no joke. They're uh, they're the real deal this season. I think they're the ones that everybody in um, left in the playoffs should be should be scared of going up against they just haven't got a weakness you think rookie quarterback but look look at him he's brilliant um so yeah i think uh, the cowboys need to turn up they need that dak that was there last week and uh, they need all their their weapons firing uh, their unbelievable defense that needs to that needs to be standing up because they're going up against another unbelievable defense and another unbelievable offense. So um, this for me, I know you've just mentioned about the last one, could be the uh, the game of the weekend. This one is for me. It's uh, it's a big big game between two big big teams that have got a lot of history and um, have have got. A lot of talent, so um, yeah, I like this matchup a lot. But I still think the 49ers are going to be too strong for for the Cowboys. So um, I'll be going San Fran. Well, for this one, and again from a NFC East rivals point of view, I, I said I do hope you're right so that the Cowboys don't get through. But equally, the 49ers are the ones that scare me that are still still around in the NFC. Um, I guess for this matchup, the Cowboys defense. The run defense, especially, is strong, and I know there's not an awful lot of running out of the backfield, but it is where they played into Brock Purdy's hands. It's just dumping it off, and then and then Debo might run for sixty yards, or McCaffrey might run for twenty, thirty yards, but it's those kind of short passes or just a little runs and some good blocking downfield, and then they've kind of got away for a big gain. So I think the Cowboys' defense, for that reason, is probably a bad matchup for the 49ers. However, I'm sure from the looks of how they've schemed the rest of this season for three different quarterbacks and had success, they'll find a way to maybe just take the Cowboys off balance uh, and then throw something downfield. Um, 
well, as you said, really, the strength of the 49ers' defence, if they can get the 49ers' offence back on the field as soon as they can, they don't, need to, they don't need to win every drive or score points every drive. They're just so solid on defence as well. Um, and then if the Cowboys are having one of those off days, it's just not going to work. So, so yeah, I, I think the 49ers do squeeze through, but I think this will be a very close game, much closer than, than both of these teams had last week as well. I just think we've been spoilt this year. I mean, it's been a fantastic season, right? Crazy postseason, crazy, crazy season. Some of the most insane things have happened. Um, last last week, every game was was brilliant. This week, I think we're we're in for an absolute treat as well. You just mentioned it. Every game could be a could be a shout for for the game of the week. That's how that's how good it is. And that's uh, like I said. How much we've been spoiled um, this season, and long may it continue. Yeah, no doubt, it's been fantastic. I, I think everything, all the teams that could have squeezed into the playoffs, the ones that made it through, um, and and heard Aaron Rodgers talking earlier on this week as well, and he was saying that you'd expect there's probably only the Texans that would maybe be looking to to fully rebuild. Everyone else, whether you want to call it reloading. Or just adding a few players, changing the odd head coach potentially, but not but not a rebuild because anyone's awful, apart from maybe the Texans who've maybe not got the quarterback, not got the head coach, not got many superstar players. So everyone else is really on the bubble and got to think that they've got a chance next season as well. So so yeah, brilliant season and no doubt, hopefully, three more excellent weekends coming up as well. And just uh, one last point before. Before we go, I'd just like to welcome Jim Schwartz to uh, to the Browns as our new defensive coordinator. Anything you can tell us about him from coming from the Eagles, Ash? So he's been around a little bit, hasn't he? He's been around a few teams. That obviously, he had success at the Eagles, and, and from what you were saying last year, anyone would have been an upgrade. Um, so yeah, the fact that they've got him, I think some old head. You, you could almost more experience and better suited than Stefanski probably in some areas um, so whether I don't know I don't know who's calling plays over there but whatever however that works out um, but yeah it looks like a looks like a good hire for the Browns especially so early on as well um, maybe I some hope so two pieces on defence as well yeah I think there's Absolutely, I hope so. I think uh, from what I've, I can understand, he's got quite a big focus on uh, defensive tackles, and that's an area that we need improvement. So, if we can, um, if we can bring some people in there and strengthen in that area, and we can get some schemes really to fit that. And I know we've got Miles off the edge, so if he's going to be working well with him, then fantastic. Because Joe Woods was a disaster. Glad he's out of the door. So glad we've got some someone else in to come and uh, freshen it up. Yeah, good. It looks and it looks like a, a competitive, what AFC North. Um, so, so yeah, that'll only strengthen that, no doubt. Will and hopefully this time next year, you still got something to play for. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> and that's that. If you can't tell from those conversations, I am very much looking forward to having a horse in the race this weekend. Let's hope that's still the case when you join us for the next episode. As well as reviewing all of those divisional games next week, we'll also log back into Fantasy Football and announce the winners of our player awards. Right, time for me to go and get my head down, store up some sleep and get an alarm set for the Midnight Saturday.
E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles.